Okay, are we ready? Welcome to the Abby and Abby podcast, where we take a long, hard look at what it takes to have a career as a writer and go out of our way to learn from the very best. Join us as we dig deeper into an industry where connection builds community and community builds careers. Hi, professionals. Welcome to the Abby and Abby podcast. I'm Abby G. And I'm Abby H. We are finishing our conversation today with Phil Lawler. If you haven't heard the beginning of that conversation, you can find it in last week's episode. So probably the most influential advice that you've ever given me, and you have given me a lot. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, As I've been developing my own career is to embrace the cactus. Um, Can you unpack that for us? Um, it, It goes back to what I said a minute ago about remember where you are in the story. Um, the, I, I, I kind of, I, I got that, I heard that by um, Robert Downey Jr. told the story. He was actually at an awards ceremony and um, he, was, he was getting an award and, uh, of some sort and he came out and, and gave this incredible speech. It was really, really pretty amazing. And the gist of it was about forgiveness. And uh, he was talking about Mel Gibson, and he was saying that it, Mel Gibson had gone through a really bad, bad stretch, um, and and he, you know, he got drunk and he was saying bad things to a police officer, and he was disparaging Jewish people, and he was doing all sorts of really bad things because he had a problem with alcohol, obviously. And Robert Downey Jr. Uh, basically got up and when he was accepting this award, and and Mel Gibson, I think, was the one who introduced him. He said, you know. Uh, I don't know if you know the history of Robert Downey Jr., but he also had a terrible problem, a terrible drug problem. He was addicted to drugs. He, did, he got arrested so many times for possession of, of illegal drugs. Had a terrible, terrible time of it. In fact, he got arrested so many times that the last time the judge said, we're not gonna be, we obviously can't do anything to get you off of this, so we're not going to arrest you anymore. You're just going to, whatever. You know, there, there's nothing that we could obviously... This is not rehabilitating you at all. So, you know, there's nothing more that we can do. And, and, and I, hope that, I hope that you end up being okay. And that, that kind of kick-started him to, to make him realize, you know, I got to clean up. I got to get off this stuff. And, and he said, he said, at that point, nobody wanted to work with me. When I was in the middle of that, I was basically a, a pariah in the industry. Nobody wanted to work with me. Not only did they not want to work with me, all the people that I thought were my friends abandoned me except one, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson took me into his house. He gave me, he set me up, he gave me a room. I could come and go as I pleased. He got me clean and sober. He set me, he, he, he introduced me. He was really on top at that point. He, he introduced me so I could get back into the industry. He vouched for me. He did everything that caused redemption short of being, you know, <laughs> short of being Christ. He did everything. For, he did all that stuff for me, and um, and he goes. And now Mel, he said he never wants to ask me for anything. The only thing he asked me to do is to pay it forward, to pay it, to pay it, to, to do that for for somebody else when it, when it came back. And he said he said I, when I was when I was trying to to get off and get clean and everything, Mel would come up to me and we would talk. We talked about stuff all the time. Talked about talked about it. Talked about it. And I was trying to find ways out. I was trying to find ways out. And he said, you can't find ways out. You have to find ways through. You have to embrace the cactus. You have to actually embrace the cactus and work hard. And that means, of course, you know, this is going to be hard. This is really tough. 
This is going to tear you up. What does a cactus do? If you hug the cactus, what is it going to do? It's painful. It's awful. It's going to tear you apart. It's going to tear. It's going to rip at your flesh. Well, this is the same kind of thing that happens psychologically. You have to, if, you, if you're, you're facing these awful, terrible, rough times, most of us want to escape that. We want to get around it. We want to go around it. No, he says, go through it. Go through it. And isn't this the same thing that our, our Savior says? Isn't this the same thing that, that the church teaches? Isn't this the same thing that Christianity calls us to do? It calls us to suffer with others. It, causes us, it calls us to suffer for the cause of Christ. It calls, it, it calls us to, to, to embrace these bad things. And not only embrace, not just do that. Count it all joy. Rejoice when you're suffering. Rejoice. Be of good cheer. Exceeding gladness. That's what the, that's what the Beatitudes are. You know? Count it all joy when you are persecuted, when people revile you and call you all sorts of terrible names and do bad things and do it for my sake. Be exceeding glad, Christ tells us. This is, a, this is a commandment. This is not just something that he's telling us to do. This is a commandment. Embrace the cactus and find joy in the suffering. Find joy in the suffering. And that's what he was, that's what Robert Andrew said. Mel told him that, and now he said he's doing it. You know, Mel is going through the same thing, and he has been through the same thing, and he's coming out of it on the other side, on the other side of this cactus patch. And, I'm, and Robert Downey Jr. basically was telling everybody, look, let's, let's be forgiving. Let's be forgiving. Let's see if we can forgive. And, uh, and because, he's, because I can tell you how much he's suffered, you know, and, and he's embraced it, and he's embraced it with joy. So that would be, that's what that really means. That's the essence of that is embrace the suffering, embrace the bad times, embrace it, grab onto them, hold onto them, get through them, and do it with joy, exceeding gladness as Christ commands. And how do you do that? You have to let him handle it. You have to let him do it. You have to turn over your life to Christ. Yeah, I think that was, I remember, I remember we were, we were in the studio when you were telling me that for the first time. And I, I, think, I think that got me through the first couple of years of Odyssey when it was so hard and I felt like I could never hit that that point where they were, you know, happy with what I was doing and I could never quite, quite get there. Cause you know, there's a huge learning curve. There's a huge learning curve. And I, I remember you telling me that, and it, that really got me through the first years and it still, still gets me through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Pass that on to your children, pass that on to everybody, you know, everybody that you see. Uh, it really, it's very important. It's very, very important. This is, this, this does go back to remember where you are in the story. The, the, na- the, the nature and essence of stories is that, that uh, we're going to go through really rotten, terrible, awful times. We're going to be in the bog. We're going to have to go through Mordor. We're going to have to, all, all, that, all that stuff. That's why we read these stories. That's why we read them. That's why they touch us so much. That's why the Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia and all these great stories, these fantasy stories, they touch us so much because we identify with these characters. We identify with what they're, what they're going through the terribleness, the awfulness uh, that, that they have to face and, and, uh, and hitting rock bottom, hitting rock bottom. Uh, J.K. Rowling talks about that when she gave a, a, an address to a university, um, I think it was Stanford University, but she was talking to them uh, at the, one of their graduation ceremonies and she talked about trying to write Harry Potter, trying to get that published. That was, that was prior to the internet. 
um, well, it was in the early years of the internet, but she didn't want to do it on her own. She went to place after place after place and rejection, rejection, rejection. And she was like, I, I, and, and meanwhile, her husband had left her. She had a baby, a, a baby that she had to take care of. She had no work, no job at all. She would write in cafes, you know, and, and, and uh, was on the dole for the longest time while she was writing. She said, the only thing, the only thing I had was this story about this kid who was a magician, who was a, a wizard who lived underneath the staircase of his, of his aunt and uncle's house. And that's the only thing I had. I didn't have anything else. I had I'd actually hit rock bottom. And she said, but you know what? I found out that rock bottom is a pretty good foundation to build on. It's a really solid foundation to build on. And so I just started slowly building and building and building and building and building again. And I think that's really great. I think that's a very profound way of looking at, at, uh, at, at life. And, and the, the only thing that she didn't say in, in that is the thing that we need to add as Christians, which is count it all joy. Find the joy in the suffering. Find the joy in it. It's there. It's there. You just got to find it. I connect with that so much because a lot has happened like since the pandemic for my family and we lost my mom. And I know over the years, um, for me, I've, I've talked about it a little different. I was like, I don't want it to make me harder. I want it to make me softer. I want it to make me more understanding. I want it to make me more wanting to embrace instead of pull away because that's my default mode is I just don't want to talk to anybody. I'm going to sink into my stories and nothing exists. And the more you come out of it, the more you go through those periods, the more I find myself just saying, like, I want this to make me softer. I don't want to become cynical. I want to find the joy in it because it does come and it takes a long time, but it does come and it's so worth finding for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. That, that's, the, that's the wonderful little secret of creation, isn't it? I mean, that's, the, that's how we were created. That's That's... If, if we just understood that, if we really understood that and really embraced it, it would change our entire outlook. It would change everything. You know, I, it's so difficult to, to do, uh, you know, when you get these little frustrations during the day and, you know, somebody comes along. Just the other day, I went to, my, I went to the doctor and uh, uh, this lady came in, came out and was yelling at me about how I had parked my car. And I was actually the only one who was really in the space the right way. <laughs> She was not in the right, <laughs> but she was yelling at me because oh, you're, you're so close to my car. And I said, well, the car on the other side is half, is partly into my space, but I'm the only one who's like right where I'm supposed to be. You guys are the ones who are not. And she was just like, oh, and I was like, oh, and I'm thinking, you know what? That, don't, don't. So I got in my car, I backed up, I let her get in her car, back out. She's still yapping at me, and then I'm like, yeah, you know, thank you very much, all right. And then I pulled back in and went inside. Um, but it's, you know, you can get, it, it's really easy to just forget all that about the joy and everything. But it's, if, if you do that, if, if you can embrace it and make it part of who you are, just part of your automatic natural response to things is, I'm going to look at this from the standpoint of joy and peace, the peace and joy, the peace of Christ and joy. Um, then things just, it, it turns everything around. It turns it all around. I, I love that perspective. When when you you were talking about in in the um, during the Great Recession when you were reading that video store, what what would you say? Like, I'm I'm sure that was a moment, one of those moments for you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I I hadn't really understood it at that point. I, I really didn't, and I was I was in a great deal of uh, 
personal angst, <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a pleasant time. I mean, uh, a lot of us, a lot of people were losing their homes. We were we were in jeopardy of losing our home. Um, you know, I, I again, I had to find the only work that I could find, which was which was setting up projectors and sound systems and whatnot uh, at conventions. That's basically where where it all happened, and wasn't wasn't paid very much, but just barely got it got it enough to to pay our bills. Um, and, and that's basically what it was. You know, I, I, I said, at one point I finally realized, God, Lord, you taught us how to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Help me to understand exactly what that means. All, I'm, all, all we need, all we need is our daily bread. We, I, I, I'm not looking to save more. I'm not looking to be rich. I'm not looking to, I just put it into your hands you'll provide the daily bread. That's the way, that's the way. And the, of course, the, the problem is, of course, the, the nature of stories. How, what happens? You're in the bad thing, you're in the bad stuff, and then you go really, really high, everything gets better. It all gets better, you know. Oh, ooh, yay. Huh? <laughs> and uh, and that's, when you need, that's when you need God, that's when you need Jesus even more. When things are doing really, really well, when you're on top of the world. Why? God told us this. God told the children of Israel. If you read in Exodus, when they were in they, they were in captivity, they're going out. He's giving them the law. He's giving them. He's giving the children of Israel the law. He's getting through Moses. He's saying all this stuff. One of the great verses, and I don't even know where where it is, but you could find it in Exodus during that time if you read through it. You'll find it where God says, uh, you know, if you if you'll do all this, do all do do this and do that and do this, and, and I will be your God. I will make sure that you are are well fed and protected and you will prosper in the land, you will prosper in the land. And then the next verse says, and when you are prosperous and you forget me, so he, he knows it's going to happen. He, he's not telling us if you forget. He changes from if to when. When you, when, you, when you are prosperous and when you are doing well and you forget all about me, then you will know that I am God because then these things will happen to you. You know, Bad things, this famine and plague, and then and then and then your enemies will come and approach you, and then you will turn back to me. I mean, he basically tells them exactly how life works. This is exactly how it works. I'm telling you, you know, if you do this, I will prosper you. But when you don't, and you won't, <laughs> that's when that's when you're going to have to learn the lesson. I'll have to you, you have to learn the lesson. And so that's the other thing when you're when, that's the other part of embracing the cactus. Embracing the cactus also requires you to self-examine, to walk through things and self-examine and say, okay, what, Lord, what am I not doing? What have I left undone? What am I, I'm, I, I, you know, something is going on here, obviously, in my life that I'm, uh, I'm not doing it the right way. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so just, and that can be something as simple as your attitude is not right. You got the wrong attitude. Because the story that we automatically think of in that situation is Job, who did nothing wrong. Job was a good man. He was a godly man. He did nothing wrong at all, right? And, and, and man, Satan had permission to destroy everything, make him sick. He loses everything, everything. His friends come and nag him, curse God, and die. His wife even says that to him. And through it all, he maintains, except, except for one thing, bad attitude, bad attitude. Because God comes back at the end and goes, 
just sit still for a minute and let me tell you about me. <laughs> Where were you when I did this? Where were, don't think yourself so self-righteous here that because nothing happened to you, you went through all this sort of stuff that you're greater than you really are. You're not. Let me just tell you how I sustain you all the way through. Okay, and then, and then Job repents and then, and then he gets prospered even more than he had before. So these are the things that we need. I mean, those stories are all there. They're so rich for us and there's so, uh, there's so much meaning in all of those stories um, that we need, we, need to, we need to search that meaning out and apply it to our, to our own lives. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's a really important part of it. Self-examine. Self-examine. There's, you, you can usually find something going on if you're truly honest and you really examine your heart, you can usually find something going on. There's bitterness or rancor or something, and you have to say, God, help me to get it out of my system. Let me not be that person. Please, let me be the person you want me to be in all situations, in all circumstances, and, and your grace is sufficient. Yeah, I, I, I love that, especially the, the, the give us this day our daily bread. I mean, because we've been going through some some job losses and things and and I have been praying and praying and praying and what we have what has finally come down to is like the story of um of the widow with the the oil in her jug where it just it just keeps coming and she doesn't have you know all of the answers she doesn't have the you know a hundred jugs to get through but that the oil in that jug just never stops coming and, and that has really kept us kept us going through the last few and, months. And what great stories now you have to tell. What wonderful stories you have to tell. You know, write these things down. Keep a journal. Write this stuff down. And go, yeah, man, this is what I learned today. And then go back to it later, yeah, later on, especially in the good times. Go back to it. So, ah, let me remember. Let me remember. Ah, yeah, I got to remember. That's, that's what happened there. I need, especially in the good yeah. times, because... When you forget, <laughs> I'll have to pull you yep. back. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Phil, where, what are you working on currently that you want people to go check on and, and get involved in? Uh, you know, I, I've got lots of different things. A lot of, most of what I'm doing is Odyssey related. So, uh, yeah. you know, I've got, a, I've got a, we talked about it before we started the podcast. We both got scripts that we got to do here because we got recording yeah. sessions coming up. <laughs> Um, so I've got a couple of those that I got to finish. I'm almost done. I got to finish those, and then I got to finish the last Blackard book that I'm working on. I've got uh, all all eight. I've got eight of the nine books that I need to get done. Done. I've almost finished uh, book number nine, but book but parts of it are vexing me. So I've got to I've got to get that done. Um, and then I've got I've got you know uh, there's always stuff coming up. I, I don't have anything specific. I I don't have anything that I can tell you about at this point. I, there there are a couple of couple of projects that I've worked on. I, I, I've worked on one during Christmas, but I can't really tell you about it at this point. Um, I, I will say it's a cartoon. It's an animated project. It's a cartoon a series that hopefully will be streaming on Netflix in this coming year. And uh, the, other one is, uh, the other one is another audio drama for a different company that I won't tell you about. <laughs> but it's coming up. It's coming. I'll be doing that, that, that pretty soon. Um, and then, you know, then uh, we've got the thousandth episode celebration that's coming up and we've got all sorts of different things that are happening on Adventures in Odyssey. So, uh, and I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, part of, I always make these plans, it's like everybody else, I make these plans at the beginning of the year. I really want to get the podcast started. I really want to put my writing course on online. I really, I really, I have this course and I really want to put it online and it's, 
and, and I bought a whiteboard. I'm staring at my whiteboard. Every time I look off, I'm staring at my whiteboard, and one of the things on my whiteboard is, do your course, will you? Uh, but but uh, so I, I got I got to get that uh, out there and done and and uh, so th those are all things that I'm I'm working on I'm trying trying to get them done and finished so out there I feel like 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 everybody else <laughs> I feel like I have to ask an Odyssey question because I I'm an Odyssey geek um, okay so I feel like one of the things that I would I'm just curious about um, I know in our family we've been listening to Odyssey for as long as I can remember. And I'm curious what impact that's made on your career, knowing that you've had listeners since, like, I can remember being, like, five and listening to Adventures in Odyssey in the car and, like, the static is going and we're waiting for Adventures in Odyssey <laughs> in our minivan. And so for me, I'm curious, like, do you ever reflect on that legacy that you are leaving and have left for us? Like, I'm just curious. I... I... Um... Paul McCusker and I used to talk about uh, about Odyssey in in in, uh, in and related to the Beatles. <laughs> this is going to sound strange, but um, one of the things that that uh, uh, one of the things that was a turning point for the, for the Beatles as far as going from this you know this band to 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 people who were influencing the culture that they didn't realize was. Um, you know, people would come up to, to John Lennon all the time and, and ask him about the meaning of what he wrote. He would write a line for a song, and they would ask him about the meaning of this thing. And he was like, I, I don't know. And, and he, would, he, would, he would say, literally, look, we're just playing with words. That's all we're doing. We're just playing with words. There's nothing more to it than that. And, um, and Paul and I talked about this at one point, and, and I think we were both in that same boat. Um, for a while uh, with Odyssey. We were just playing with words. We're playing with story. We're playing with stuff. We're just putting it out there. We're trying, you, know, you don't have a lot of time to think about it, especially at the beginning when you're doing a series because uh, it's a monster that needs to be fed. You, you don't have a lot of time to reflect on what you're doing. You don't have a lot of time to, to do stuff. We're just putting stuff out there. We're doing stories that we like and that we want to we hear, and, and, we're, and we're getting some nice feedback from letters and every once in a while. But, but it, I think it was after we did... Uh, the f the first imagination station. It may have been it may have been prior to that, but something happened where somebody wrote a letter and said, "I, I listened to your episode and uh, whatever I don't remember what the episode was." But he said, "I listened to your episode, and I had to pull the car over uh, because I was weeping, and uh, and I prayed to have Jesus come into my heart." At that moment, I didn't believe. I didn't. I, I didn't believe prior to when your program started. I didn't believe, and at the end of your program, I did. And and that letter was when I went. Okay, we can't just talk about playing around with words anymore. It can't. It can't be that frivolous. If 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 that's what's the result is, if that's what's happening here, then we've got to take this a lot more seriously. Um, I still didn't get the full impact of that, believe it or not. I still didn't get the full impact of that until we had um, our 30th anniversary where we went on the cruise. We did the Disney cruise. And uh, there were so many people who 
wanted to go to every single event that we offered. We offered a ton of This is what's going to happen, by the way, at the, at the thousandth episode thing, too. We have a lot of events, and people can go to a lot, a lot of different ones. And I was continually amazed that, you know, why would anybody want to come to anything that I was doing when you have Townsend Coleman and Katie Lee and all these other, you know, why would they care about it? But, but it, you, you put an Odyssey, <laughs> we just found out, you put an Odyssey event out there, people were coming to it. They're, they're, you had a full house every single time. Um, a good example of this was they had scheduled, uh, Kathy was supposed to come and she couldn't come at the last minute and she was going to do a, a, uh, a, writer's, a writer's thing. She was going to do a, 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 a lecture about writing. And so I said, I'll, well, I'll do it. And it was, it was like at 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, you're on a cruise where you're relaxing. Who's going to come at 8 o'clock in the morning to listen to somebody talk about writing? Who? Well, apparently a lot of people because the whole place was packed out. And I was like, oh, man, okay, well, I, again, i got to take it seriously. So I did, the, I did, the, I did it. I, I, taught the, I, I did the lecture, taught the, the, the whole bit. Here's, here's how we do stuff. This is what we do. And afterwards, there was a line of people who were, came up to the stage and wanted to, to talk to me about things. Some of, most of it was about writing. How do you write this and how do you write that? But there were so many people also who came up and wanted to share impact stories, how the stories have impacted them. And one lady came, she had her kids with her. Um, she had two or three kids and they all wanted an autograph. So I did fine, I signed an autograph, that's great, whatever. And, and so she left. Thank you so much. The show has been so much, meant so much to us. And I would say, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And then the next people would come up. She came back without her kids and got back in line and, and came up to me. It was right, right toward the end when we, they, they said, you got to get out of here. We got another thing that's happening in this venue. But she came up right at the end and she said, I, I just needed to tell you, I didn't want to say this in front of my kids, that... Uh, Growing up, I was abused in every way that you can possibly imagine by all of my, by lots of relatives. <laughs> she said it was, it was a very, very bad situation. Um, and she said the only thing that got me through it was Adventures in Odyssey. The only thing that got me through it was, was wit, was listening to wit and thinking of wit as my father instead of the man who was my father. And, and that's the only way I got through it. And I, I just want you to understand when I say that this show means that much to me, that's what I'm talking about. And that's when it really hit me. <laughs> so that's been six years or six or seven years now uh, since then. And, and that's, that's when it really, really hit home that, this, that God has used this show in, in an incredibly powerful way. And I praise his name for it all the time. And if he still wants me to do it, then he'll figure out a way for he'll he'll give me he it's all him. It, it it's all him. And and I really want it to be that way. I want all of us who write on the show and write things like this to understand that that there are people out there who are hurting and you can be their only lifeline. And and you could be the, the way that God has chosen to reach out to those people. And so you have to take it seriously. You have to take it to heart and, and realize, again, be, be joyful. 
be joyful. I mean, do it, do it with a sense of joy, with a sense of godly joy and peace. But understand the seriousness of it. This is their lifeline. This, this is the difference between them living and dying in some cases. And, and, um, and I don't ever take that for granted. That's, that's not something that we need to take for granted or treat lightly. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that answers. I don't, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> if it'll survive us or not. But for the time that it's been here, for the 36 years now that it's been on the air, 36 plus years, then I hope that it's made a difference in people's lives. I know it's made a difference in people's lives, and that is all God. That is all the Lord. And, and I praise Him for it all the time, continually. Thank you so much for sharing that. I am going to cry now, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, me too. Me too. I mean, I, that was so powerful. I just didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't realize it until then. I didn't realize that even even though we've gotten the other letters, you know. But it, it's when somebody comes up to you and says, "You have to understand. You have to understand. This was the difference. This was the difference. This is the only thing that got me through it." Wow. I. I, I oh, wow. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how to. I yeah. really don't know how to respond to that. I, I don't know what to say to that at all. You know, except except glory to God. One hundred percent. I feel so encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> good. I mean, I hope. I hope so. I hope. I hope. I hope you do. I hope. I hope that you know. I, I want to see good things from from you all and from from everybody. You know, I, I, I you're the future. You know. The baton is being passed. It's on you guys now. Go for it. <laughs> I hope we can grab onto it. I'm trying. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I have every I have every confidence, every confidence that you're going to do great things. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to have to wrap up here because apparently the school is closing, and I realized they closed until I thought they were open until five. So, um, Phil, thank you so much. This was. This was such a, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. It's good to see you again. I miss everybody from Odyssey. I do too. We miss uh, your face. We miss you. Yeah. Get, I got to get through this school really fast and then I'll come and <laughs> be back. And when, hopefully, and when hopefully you do, I'll be you back. Will be, you will be a formidable powerhouse and you will, you will <laughs> know how to do everything. And that's exactly what you should do. Well, that's, that's what I'm trying for. <laughs> so... Well, thank you for All having right. me on, and uh, I, I loved it. It was really wonderful, and, uh, you know, let's do it again. We'll do it again yes. whenever you want. Just tell me, tell <laughs> me and I'll you. be here. Thank you for joining us today on the Abby and Abby podcast, where we believe that connection builds community. Community builds careers. Join us next time as we sit down with Bethany Miller, an editor with more than a dozen books under her belt and a lot to say about the kind of authors that she sees succeed. We'll see you there.